Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Vito Del Sante from Stray. You are listening to Top 5 Comics. Welcome to Top 5 Comics, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Today with us, we have, from engineering, Mike. Doesn't matter, I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> we have science officer, Ross. Live long and prosper. Our weapons officer, Curtis. There's Klingons on the port bow. <laughs> and our number one, CBS. Better number one than number two. And then we also have the liaison slash psychiatrist, Deanna Troy, as Robert. <laughs> Hi. But Captain. I, I'm empathic and stuff. I don't know why you got a character name. I can read your minds and shit. I feel emotions, and there's a lot of anger right now. That's true. Very true. Goddamn Shetland pony anger. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, well, it's out of control already. Um, let's see. Welcome to episode 54. Yeah. Damn right. thing's name was Dusty. <laughs> Dusty, Dusty pony. <laughs> It sounds like a place you go get a drink at in the Old West. Yeah, it does. Yeah, right? <laughs> right off into the dust. Yeah, something like that. Well, they had right like, a, they had like a salvage yard in the back. <laughs> and that's where we'd, the damn thing was. In the Man, salvage yard? Yeah. This is starting off bad. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Okay. I haven't thought of that. Thanks. Yeah. I haven't thought of that in, man, Start long time. Fire Ant. Furious Fire Ant. For no purpose. Super Comics. Awesome. It's good stuff, man. Uh-huh. Yeah, all right. So uh, today we're going to be doing, man, God. Man, God? Uh, no. <laughs> Book-wise, we're going to be doing Miami Vice Remix, Issue 1, Batman and Robin, Number 40, The Invincible, the 25-cent edition? 118. 118. And Nova, uh, Number 28, and Chrononauts, Number 1. But first, let's start with Ross. Some news in the dog pile. Damn it. <laughs> Fortunately, I don't have much uh, news, so we're going to send it to my dog over here, Curtis. Oh, oh! So, <laughs> the first thing is Ryan Reynolds tweeted a picture of himself dressed as Deadpool in a sultry position in front of a fire. Is that reminiscent of Burt Reynolds? Cause I think it is. On a bearskin rug. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, except he's clothed. Well, he's like Deadpool, yeah. Full head to tail, toe, it's head good. to tail. <laughs> Kitty can scratch. <laughs> what the hell? Okay. <laughs> and? That's all I got. Seriously? X-Files. Oh, yeah. Six episodes? Yeah, coming back for a, what is it called? A miniseries? A miniseries, yeah. Uh, old Fox and Mulder. Scolder? Scolder? Scully and Mulder? Scully and Mulder. Okay, Fox. Fox Mulder. Fox Scully. Fox no. Mulder. Fox Mulder. And Dana Scully. Dana Scully. Okay. Yes. Dana Delaney. No, that's somebody different. Hmm. <laughs> Jillian Anderson. That's right. Yes. I've never yeah. watched. I, I, David Duchovny. Don't you? I don't remember X Files. Really? I remember when Robert Patrick was on there. The Terminator with, with Annabeth Gish. Yeah. Okay. I remember that. All right. But I don't remember much prior to that. Really? Yeah. Huh. My sister used to watch that, but. 
Yeah, I was too young to care. That's unfortunate. And then Annabeth Gish got on there, and I'm like, this is good. <laughs> God. All right, uh, all right. Then T1000 was solving well, shit yeah, stuff. Is that the one that turns into liquid? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Ross almost knows what's going on. It's good. Yeah. You watch X-Files, Ross? A little bit. A little I don't bit? remember much about it, though, either. Okay. As little as possible. Ooh, I've been actually wanting to watch it again, though. I put it on my Netflix to watch again. Nice. Good stuff. Brought to you by Netflix. <laughs> oh, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That should be a money money sound after. Right. <laughs> yeah, it should be. That'd be... We'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, was it something else? Is that it? Is all you got? There was other stuff I can't remember. You remember any of that crap I was really rattling off? Mike? No, I do not. No? You were talking about some Marvel cancellations. Yeah, oh, yeah? Okay. So uh, we get 33 titles for Marvel. 33. How Ooh. many do they have total? Do we uh, I don't know. I don't know that. That's a good question. It yeah. had to be over 52. I, You know, I would assume so, but meh. Or 48, 47. There's like 30 Avengers titles, so who knows? Um, so 33 Marvel titles are going to be canceled. Um, during you know, the funny thing about it is this is they're all being canceled because of Secret Wars, and then some of them are coming back afterwards. So, so what's really ones? Uh, well, of course, but it's no different than whenever like DC decided to take off a month and just not put out any of the 52 and put out uh, Villains Month for double the amount of issues, or take the entire month off and put out their year their, their uh, futures in stuff. Or their two months are taking off to put out... Convergence. There you go, that's the word. Mm-hmm. So it's not really that different. So everyone's like, oh my god. And that's not, it is that uh, different. When they come back, they're not going to be new number ones. In Marvel? No, in DC. Uh, well, about half of them are. Half of them are. Well, some of them, but not the ones that are Like over, over 23 of them. <laughs> I think 33. Well, most of them are... There's only like two of them that are going to be continuing their oh, stories. Oh, there's more than that. Well, 25 of the regular titles are moving forward. Yeah. So there's still oh, 25 yeah. of the books that are moving forward. Yeah, and they'll just have regular numbers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the others, they're going to go from 40 and then the two months off and then 41? Something mm-hmm. like that. That's yeah. yeah. There may be an annual in there somewhere. Probably. At least one. Anyway, let's run through this list here. And then the Marvel number ones, the new number one, they're going to be five bucks. You know, you don't know that yet, Mike. Don't give him ideas. I'm just saying. If you, I wouldn't. You, you, <laughs> mark my words. Marvel sitting here listening. Yeah, going, gonna like, be, this Mike guy, he's going to have some good ideas during just this. Just like the guy we hired from accounting last month. He's like, yeah, if we sell double the amount, we'll make double the money. That's not how it works. <laughs> Let's print this on papyrus. <laughs> yeah, no. Is that cheap? <laughs> no. <laughs> better be, it better be on papyrus for five bucks a buck. Oh, my God. Okay, so only Captain America, cancel. Only Ghost Rider, cancel. All new X Men cancel. Amazing Spider Man cancel. Hmm. Uh, Amazing X Men. Angela Asgardian Assassin. Avengers. Avengers World. Captain Marvel. Cyclops. Deadpool. Elektra, but we already knew that like five months ago. Fantastic Four because of Fox. Guardians Three Thousand. Guardians of the Galaxy. Weird. Really quick. Was that Fantastic Four? Was that in the title? Fantastic Four because of Fox? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it should have been. <laughs> that would be awesome if they did that. That would be the full. That would be the full title. You got to look for the quotation marks. They could spell it F U X F O X. Nice. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Good job, man. Oh God. Moving forward, the Hulk. Eh, okay. Um, Inhuman, Iron Fist, Living Weapon. 
Legendary Star-Lord, Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man, New Avengers, Nightcrawler, Nova, Crockett Raccoon, uh, Secret Avengers, Spider-Man and X-Men, Spider-Man 2099, Storm, Superior Iron Man, Thor, Uncanny X-Men, Wolverines, and then just regular X-Men. Now, as far as what's coming back, at this point, there's not really a list of what's coming back and what's not. I think it's probably pretty obvious we'll get a new run of Avengers. A few of those X-Men will restart, just because that makes sense. Um, but the ones that are weird that are not on this list is like Moon Knight, Punisher, Miss Marvel. Weird titles that you think would have been on there because they're not top of the list. I like Moon Knight just fine, and the Punisher's fine too. And Miss Marvel's got her thing, but... Um, of all the dials you're going to cancel, they're not anywhere in there. Really? Weird. Well, lost reading Marvel for me. I only had one on there, and it's gone. Well, I, we know they're going to be making a Groot book, so I imagine that Groot will replace Rocket Raccoon. Whether it be the same style or not, don't know. Don't know who's going to write it. Just know they're going to be doing a, a Groot book as a replacement. Uh, we also know they're going to have um, Uncanny and Humans, which I imagine will take the place of Inhuman and maybe, maybe one of the Avengers, Avengers book. Was that on your list, Inhuman? Yes. Was an Uncanny Avengers on your list? Uncanny Avengers was on the list also. Oh, was it? Okay, I missed it. One second. No, it was Uncanny X-Men. My, my, my mistake, it was not. Yeah, uh, the only Uncanny we had was X-Men, so Uncanny Avengers is still rolling. Which is weird, too. Right. I mean, they just restarted it, but they also just restarted, like, Thor. And it's doing pretty well, actually, so... Well, I'm sure they'll restart that one. I imagine so. I mean, it's Just like a Spider-Man. Yeah. Well, yeah. we know that maybe he's having some type of shake-up where they're getting him and Mary Jane back together. Whether that's going to be because it's a different timeline, a different Parker, uh, who knows? Polis are going to be crap on that. Right? That's going to suck for retailers. Oh, yeah. No Jeez. idea what people are going to want. And as far as, like, setup's concerned, while it makes some people happy... The whole moving forward since they did one more day out of uh, Civil War has all been about fixing that problem and like Peter having this new set of rules and relationships and blah, blah, blah. But if we're going back to the married life, which I guess is fine, does that mean they're undoing all this superior stuff, all the Doc Ock stuff? So yeah, like, um... it's a complete, uh, it's, it's weird, uh, especially with Spider-Man because it sells so well right now and it's really popular. Well, so, isn't, isn't one of the titles for the Secret Wars Spider-Verse? Yes, it is. How it's going to fit into things, don't know that either. Spider-Gwen's Spider keep going. Uh, Spider-Gwen and Silk. Spider-Woman. Silk. Not on the list. An amazing Spider-Man's going. Boom. But if they're going to do a re restart of it, we get another number one, God forbid, and then they turn around and do... I think the title of... Either the title of the book or the title of the storyline is going to be Renewing Our Vows... And I'm not sure if it's the title of the book or if it's the title of the story arc or if it's a one-shot. Do we think that the lateness in the previews has to do with the cancellation of all these books? I don't think so. I think that the, the lateness in previews is simply shipping. I don't think it's anything else. I don't think it has anything to do with any of that. I think they're, they're going to clean up on them $5 books. <laughs> right. I imagine Amazing Spider-Man will be seven ninety-nine. Probably. Cha-ching. This is... Uh... This is distraught. I'm distraught over this news. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. That that changes everything. Oh, yeah, that's a different. This is a great. This is this the kind of stuff that makes it not only a good jumping on point, but a good jumping off point for yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. Because a lot of people, it gets old. Mm -hmm. The constant restarts. 
You know, for me anyway, I, I just, just... And you know they're not hurting because they have the bigger share right? every month. So you know they're not hurting for something. They're just doing that to shake up the status quo. Mm-hmm. To, maybe they're going to bring in characters that people aren't familiar with, well, trying to give them a book. There are books that are selling well, like Thor. Doing, right. doing great and enjoying it. Why do you have to mess with it? You should just have your little secret war whatever, and then come back to it. Well, we're not going to be losing that Thor. The way I understand it, we've seen a picture since then for what our Avengers may look like, in air quotations. So our Avengers, at least from what the picture has on it, we've got Girl Thor, Miles Morales, Spider-Man. The Vision. The Vision. Dang it, now I can't remember who the other people are on the other side are. Miss Marvel. Okay. Nova. Miss Marvel and Nova, that's right. So, odd Avengers team? There might be one more. Is there one more of them on there? There was a black I feel like there was another... Captain America. Yeah, Falcon, Captain America. Captain America. That's right. Was well, it black thing? Originally, it started as they were all blacked out, and they slowly reviewed, revealed different ones okay. to get to the picture we're at now. I wonder if that's new Avengers. That would make sense. Um, I think they're calling it the all-new, all-different Avengers or something. <sighs> Well, I think if we get all new on everything, then pretty soon everything at the beginning of the list, when you start going through a catalog, will all be all new. the A's, all new all the way down the and bottom. It'll be all Marvel. Well. All new, all Marvel. Hey, there you Tagline. go. Tagline. Uh, copyright. They're trying, to view. they're trying to get Patent the top pending. of the list. Like a phone book? Yeah. Right back when phone books mattered? Yep. Ding. We're going to spell all Ding. with two A's. Hey. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but Uncanny Avengers is left alone. Oh, yeah. Daredevil, I didn't hear Daredevil on no. that list. That's Daredevil. already canceled, though, isn't it? No. Daredevil? I thought they were going to cancel it. Not that I'm aware of. That, that doesn't mean that that's not happening. It just means that I don't know that. How do we find out? How do you find out about that? Use your prestige, man. I don't, I don't have Magic, one. you Ross. You Iron Man's part of that team, too. And part of the, oh, but we don't think it's the same. It's not the superior Iron Man. Yeah. Because he's in the red and white costume, and I've heard that it's mm. Rhodes in the costume. Now, oh, that's just rumor. Know. But I've heard that it's Rhodes in there. Death, yeah, Rhodes. It is called the all new, all different Avengers. Too. So, gosh dang it. What? I'm just. Uh, whatever. <laughs> they can do whatever yeah, they want. I, I, uh, I just got done telling somebody, like, don't worry, Marvel's going to be okay. We're going to get through Secret, Aven- uh, Secret Wars, and, you know, this is going to happen maybe, but everything's going to be alright. And then we find out about all these cancellations and. Yeah, I was, I was well, pretty torn up about it. I'm sure it will be all right eventually for most you know, people. I, I for what, a year? Are, most of these aren't going to be... Well, the ones that are being canceled, probably 50% of them are coming back. Well, yeah. It's not... That's a, yeah. It's more of a headline grab because DC's been doing it now for the past two years. September, we're taking a month off of all the regular Well, books. yeah, that's, that's the, what they do. They do their little thing every September, but they don't restart every time. No, and these aren't. not all of these are restarts. I mean, some are going to be dialed back, yeah, and if Spider-Man really is the return to him and Mary Jane being together, it's had to be a continuation before they did Civil War, unless it's from a but different reality. what's but, the point? Oh, I have no idea. There's no point to it. Well, there, there's one storyline point, which is that they've gone too far in all the Avengers stuff now, and they need to dial it back. The, the stories are, un, you, you can't maintain them. Because the, the situation that they made is too too big. It's too dire. So when they get into 
uh, a conundrum hold. or something. They, oh, hey, let's start all these books over again. That may be the case. I don't know that. And we know that it's, okay, let's start at number one because people like to read at number one. <coughs> yeah. So we're going to keep doing that and volumize all of our damn titles in order to appease and placate the, re the readership, the new readership. It works. Mm -hmm. it Not works. the old readership. It does work. Yeah. It gets, it, it's stupid. It's about getting that new money. Because we're going to be at volume 12, volume 13 of one stupid book. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, put it, out, they put out, you know, they'll put it out for six months, a year, start it over. But six the thing months, is, start it over. here's my problem, okay? If they want to volumize, make damn miniseries. Right. Volumize that crap yeah, and then start dis another miniseries. I don't disagree. It sucks. I don't, I don't necessarily know if that's how the, it's going to go. It, it looks that way. And if that is the case, well, then, you, yeah, they should just miniseries it up and be done with it. That I mean, way we can have an actual, okay, this is volume 13 of Avengers. Right. But that takes the special number one away. Well, No, because true. you get a number one every but six or 12 issues. It'll be, like, it'll be like Hellboy, though. So? That, that takes that special, oh, it's a new number one. But Hellboy if, went, if it's if it's considered a miniseries, it's not the same. But the BPRD went back for those re to, for the readership. They don't look at miniseries right. the same as they do, you know. But the BPRD went back to a legacy numbering. Right. Yeah, it seems like everybody else figured out moving numbers forward makes sense, and then Marvel pretended like that that figured out because we're going to be better in DC. Everybody not changing anything, and then now they're like, oh, you know what's funny? People like number ones because they're stupid. Well, no, because people are stupid, not because number one's stupid. You have to have one to get the two. Come on now. Yeah. So I think I think it's the modern readership that's created this. No, I, I totally agree. It's the trade waiters, and I'm not saying that's bad. There are some stories that are good read in trades, but it's the it like it's the modern readership yeah. that has done it. Well, you know, you know how I feel about it. It's the same thing that I feel about people who just wait for a whole season to come out because I just can't wait a week. Yeah, binge watch it. You know. I, you, you can't support or help the industry if you don't buy anything. If you don't support the industry, you can't help it. <laughs> what do you think the future of the industry is going to be? Uh, ultimately, I think it's going to be all digital. Do you think, but do you think they're going to release a 122-page story at a time now, every six months? Uh, well, if they go all digital, I think they'll do it for a dollar and release seven- to eight-page stories. Every and still, week. and they could, and that would actually increase the amount of money they get too. I that's what I think. I don't know that though. No, I know. You know that's but, like but that's, the darkest place I could go, probably. I think it's going to be a while before that happens. Well, I, yeah, I Come hope on. it'll be a long while. I hope yeah. I'll, I I hope I'll be you know fertilizer for more paper <laughs> when that becomes the reality. But I think I think, I think that's going to be that's that's something different. Yeah. I think that's going to be the future of comics, ultimately. And I agree with that, but I do think it's going to be all, we'll be way gone I, I out of comics. I know I won't see it. So, I'm sorry, come on. Uh, you remember, okay, so you're talking about the, the, the 16th or the 100 page every six months nonsense. Mm -hmm. So, uh, DC kind of already started the bull rolling with that. I mean, we have Earth One, Fighters. Earth One Batman, Earth have, One Superman, yeah. Earth One Teen Titans, and then um, we're have, coming up with the JLA. Right. So we have all the hardcover only, and then Marvel follows suit with all their graphic novel original, yeah, original graphic novel. Which I don't know if those are doing anything anywhere. I mean, for us, we yeah, but we don't see them as often. That's true. So. 
But th- there's no hype for them. I think it's dialed back. To us, anyways. Right, but as when, a business. You, when you look through the previews, you don't really see them that often either. No. Because that Earth One came out 12 months prior to the other Earth One. No, I, they're testing the waters with it right now. I just don't... I, I mean, I, and as much as I like Image, I know Image likes to volumize with their story arcs. So they, they go do. five, take a month or two off, go five, take a month or two off. That lends to the trades. But you know that's coming. Right. That's what I'm the saying. The way they've done that, the way they've facilitated that, it's... Because you'll have your five, and then that month that they take off, that's going to be the trade that comes out. And I think that's going to be the wave of the future from here on out, because it's hard for artists these days to stay on a monthly book and have it come out on time month to month to month. They're not like Jack Kirby, where he could do three books a month and get them out on time, because there's more detail, more whatever. So I don't, I don't know what it is. Um, I don't enjoy it that much. I enjoy it if we know ahead of time, because Invincible that we have now has moved to that five issues in a month. But uh, it's still an ongoing. It doesn't. They haven't started it over. Right. They haven't. It's going to continue to go. Right. That's what I like. And if they need to do that, I don't have a problem with it. That's how it used to be. It just went on and on and on. Because if I buy those five books, I don't need that trade. So that's saving me money in the long run. But I don't know what you guys think. No, it's not. It, I don't. This is like the dire, dire to dire. I don't think it's just like whenever they first started doing all the digital push, and they tried so hard to make the digital push matter. Um, yeah, there, there, there's a, there's a point to it a little bit. And if you're an independent person putting out an independent book, then I think that makes pretty sense. But whenever they made all this same day releases digital, what the industry was really hoping for is that more brick and mortars would fold under, and they would just take the money straight out without printing anything. But the thing is, people don't want just digital. Mm-hmm. I mean, they really don't. So by the time it becomes an all-digital thing, it'll be because paper's not allowed to be used. That's that's what I think. Time-wise, so it's going to be like Fahrenheit 451. Yeah, man. Okay, a couple generations down the road. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think I don't think we have anything to worry about. I want to hear from Ross. Ross, what's the future hold? What do you think is going to happen? I think it, at some point it'll go all digital to you, but I think it'll be a long ways away. What about Jack? What about Jack? <laughs> what does he think? He doesn't, he doesn't. read. <laughs> but I, I don't think that the digital thing was to try to get rid of uh, print and more. You stuff. don't think so? Do you think it was trying to get a wider audience? I think that was it more than anything, just to try to get more people to read stuff. Because, I mean, on any of those digital apps that you have, you can buy your books in the store, too. It shows you how to get to the near-nearest store and everything, Oh, yeah, too. they make it an option. Do I buy it now in my pocket, but or do I drive to the store? It's become a supplemental-style type thing. And to mm-hmm. be I mean, to be devil's advocate, everyone in this room has a minimum amount of room for books now. Mm-hmm. We, we are running out of room. So I can, say, That's I a problem for a lot of people I've heard talk about right. that. I can understand the digital aspect of that. But nothing beats having a comic book in your hand. Nothing beats it. Well, there are some things that beat that, but we won't go into that. Comic book-wise, Mike. <laughs> book-wise? I won't be a Shetland pony. Stop that. You know what I really Maybe want? Maybe shove an apple in your mouth. I want Ross to adjust his glasses and tell me I don't think that was their intent. Because that would be so awesome. <laughs> Whenever you started to say that a minute ago, I was like, if he moves his glasses, it'll be perfect. You take them out and put them in your mouth. I don't, think I, don't know, I, I don't know about that. We're going to chew on one end of it. Like science style? I think, yeah, I think what Curtis wants is different. Corn cob pipe? Yeah. That's well, uh, like a bubble pipe. 
Like Popeye. Be this awesome. I bet like Popeye the Spinach Man. He's got to be, you know, a sailor of some kind. Yeah. Okay, well, that's enough of that nonsense. Well, wait a minute now. What? We, we have to talk else? about the one th- another irritating thing that the Marvel oh, does. Okay. The, when they come back, go back to the old number for a special issue. Like yeah. the upcoming you know, X-Men number 600, is it? Yeah. I don't, I don't, you and then know. they continue with their BS numbering? Well, they're going to do that as the close of their series. Yeah, the the end of Is there going to be all of them? No, just the ones that are Uncanny not. Uncanny X-Men. Yeah. Well, as far as I know, that's the only one I, so I can't far. be sure if they're all. They're supposed to have final issues, and the final issues are supposed to be that way. So that's the last issue of that book? Sure. That particular series, yes. Of that volume? Yes. Okay. Which, I, you know, if... If you believe a lot of the naysayers, that might be the end of X. But they did it with Fantastic Four, didn't they? Yeah, they are. The last few issues are numbered differently, right? That's correct. They are numbered at their uh, old, total number. Old number. Is it going right. to be the final arc of that last issue? Final where all the books period. Are? The Fantastic no, no. Four is. Okay, yeah. so it's going to be the last arc, and they're going to go back to the legacy number. Thanks to Fox. They're yeah. talking about maybe not even just on the FF though. Going back to the FF, they so, might not right. return to it. No, I, I knew that. I'm just saying. Numbering. Legacy numbering. Oh yeah, no, they're going to continue for the final arc. Yeah, they're not going to just do six hundred for hmm. these issues and then go back to twelve. Yeah. Have they done that before? It got really tricky with the Thor run, but that was just because they jumped the numbers in the series. But they did not go back to the old numbers, so it went from like twelve to like six hundred. They did it just continue. They did it for that Nova issue. Did they do it? Yeah. Them? I remember at the hundredth. That's or right, and they did it for Captain Marvel too. Yeah. Oh, did they? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they've done that, and then they went back to their. They should have left it at the hundredth, but yeah. And yeah. those were five dollar books, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think you're they mistaken. were a lot bigger too, though. They weren't regular books. Yeah, there were a lot more ads. Oh my god. <laughs> I'd be more mad that old stories printed. How many? Again. How many pages is a typical Marvel book now? Uh, Twenty. Twenty-two. Twenty. No, typical is twenty-two. Twenty-two. Is typical. But. It just keeps getting, kind of keeps getting a little more slim, you know, as time goes on. Slim pickings? Didn't they, didn't they start at like 32? I, I think that was with ads. I think yeah. that was with ads. That's your typical. I one. think 22 has been a good set number for at least the 70s, I'm guessing. What, DC and same? Pretty close. I don't know. Pretty close. It's between 20 and 22. Supposed to be. I know Image is 20 is in it? most books. Uh, that Wild Blue Yonder, the first one was like 32. The second one was like 26. I was kind of like Super was like that first one was a big book. Yeah, yeah but that was self-published. Yeah. They can have as many numbers as they want. Yeah, they can do whatever they want to do. Um, I do think another thing that adds to the start and stop of a lot of these series is now is that we're getting away from it being, I'm coming to this book because it's the Avengers. I think a lot of it now is also, I'm coming to this book because this person's writing it. Mm-hmm. And when they leave, they feel like, oh, we got to start all over again. Because it's a whole new Avengers, it's a whole new thing, you know. So, and we're seeing that a couple times now with the Avengers titles. Well, when Hick, well, when Hickman took over, that was a drastic change. Yeah, a drastic change. And, but in the past, we wouldn't have changed that. Right. We would have just kept going with the numbers. Because you're there for the Avengers. When Hickman left Fantastic Four and Fraction took over, they didn't start renumbering. Correct. No, I think they did. I yeah, think they, they did. did. Yeah. yeah, they did. I think they did. So on I, both on FF and Fantastic Four. Right. So I wonder if it's just writer oriented now too. I think that's some of it. I think some of it is that they're that they they're aware that people are following you know certain teams. That was not the case with Daredevil though. That's the only one that I can think of that wasn't the case. They yeah. kept the same writing team, but they restarted it. Uh-huh. But it went from two ninety nine to three ninety nine then. Right. 
That's kind of what they did in DC with Batman and Robin when they changed it because it was still Gleason and Tomasi. Then they changed it and it was still Gleason and Tomasi. Oh, when the new Fifty Two started. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but they were they they made it pretty clear that they were well, not right. going to let any. But of it's kind of like out. that. It's just it's just strange to me. I don't. I guess I don't get it as much as. Well, for Marvel, this feels incredibly forced. We I, we haven't mentioned that it may be the movie universe. I don't think so. driving this too. It's possible, but I don't think so either. I mean, the comic world—it's really, way different. Yeah, it really doesn't affect. And I have to assume that they're seeing the same thing we are, which is that you know the films can come out all they want. It doesn't change how the comics sell. Yeah. That's true. But did they not change Star Lord's outfit to match the one? In the oh, movie? I certainly oh, did. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's no different than what they did with, all the, with new X-Men. I think the, it affects the cinematics, it. it does affect Because the it'll bring somebody who's familiar with Guardians of the Galaxy on screen to that book because they see that character on that book. It's supposed to. You if, know what I mean? Yeah. That's, the, it's that's what I think. Not not in much like Iron Man. But DC mm-hmm. does the same thing. Right. No, oh. I agree with it. I think there's just more movie uh, involvement than we're... we're Aware of movie and TV and yeah, and, there's, and that's quite possible. I mean, that's a lot of what people are talking about. Like, oh, well, they don't have the movie contract, so they're going to kill all the X Men. They're going to kill Wolverine. They're going to kill Deadpool. Fantastic Four is already at the door. We're going to get rid of the Silver Surfer. We're going to switch everything over to Inhumans. I don't know if it's going to be that extreme. It might be. I mean, honestly, it depends uh, on who's holding the mouse's tail. I think they're working on bringing the Inhumans into the comic book world. Oh, yeah, more because more. of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's possible. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. I think that's part of that, but I think that the main draw to extra Inhumans is the fact that they don't own mutants. And the more things are created as mutants become part of the mutant property. And Fox is going to be in trouble. So if Marvel says, you know what, everybody's going to be Inhumans, we're going to have more Inhumans, the mutants not going to be around anymore. Right. What does Fox have? Well, character-wise, they'll still have everything that was a mutant. And even at this point, it doesn't matter. They're still But who's going to care about that? It, people that like the X-Men as mutants. Nobody does. Not true. But if they <laughs> if they change true. all that to, oh, well, you're actually not a mutant. You're, you're an inhuman. That still screws them up. Because no. weren't they trying to change Wanda and Petro? They did. They're, in, they're inhumans in the Marvel Universe. Uh, inhumans are gra- are high, or high evolutionaries. Uh, we're not totally sure yet. It's the same stuff. It is. But in the end, it doesn't necessarily matter because they're already part of the other contract. It doesn't matter if you change them. I mean, you tell Deadpool to quit using the Deadpool name, he's still Deadpool. They can still use Deadpool all day. You give them Baraka arms, they can still use them all day, too. So what you're saying is I should just shut up no, because I'm not, not going to make any up. headway at all. No. I was well, hoping you, you make a small headway. I was hoping the answer was that we were giving Deadpool Baraka arms. <laughs> we, did. we did that. Yeah. Oh, did we? Yeah. And laser vision. Origins? Oh. Man, you can see it for where free. Been, oh, yeah, yeah. Never mind. I do remember that. At now. the end of the day, the, the cinematic universe is going to make so much more money than the comics. Because they were mentioning so that even Spider-Man may be an Inhuman. Wow. They've mentioned that. That's weird. That They're saying that, that the spider bite activated the Inhuman, the Terrigen gene. Well, that's weird. Yeah. So that's that's been talked about. I don't know how much of that is truth because the internet is full of lies. Secrets and, and lies. I, I would say that that is, is not a, a truthful thing. Because even when they were trying to nail down whether Spider-Man was a mutant or not, they kind of clearly went with, no, he's science-based. Just like the Hulk is science-based. Mm-hmm. Although there's always been rumors that, oh, well, the Hulk would just be the Hulk no matter what. Right. The bomb just made him, you know. It started it. 
Yeah. So I don't know if that's they don't have to worry about the Hulk. Just a catalyst. They don't own that. No, but I mean, that's we still got to worry about it as comic fans, you know. They're not completely just the movie now. Well, they don't not yet care as much about the comics. Definitely. I think eventually we're going to have a convergence of movie and comics. That's true, probably. And the comics are going to carry on what happens between the movies. It's quite possible, unless there's a huge bust in the film industry. Which could happen. Which I don't foresee. I oh, no. There's a lot of talk of the Star Wars bubble breaking superheroes. No, and that's fine. Mm, but superheroes uh, are still going to be there. So. Oh, I agree. You know what I mean? Star Wars has always been Star Wars. True. So, uh, the, what's his name? That guy that has the shield? Captain America has been around way longer <laughs> than Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. So that bubble's not going to burst. No. It may deflate, mm. but it ain't going to burst. Mm. I, if, if it does burst, I think it's going to be after the second half of Avengers. Right. Three, you know. Okay. I think that might be... Age of Ultron? No, no. Uh, when we get over to go, the... Uh, Infinity Gauntlet. I think we're going to be happy all the way up to that point, and then we might start going, oh, man, Hunger Games. Somebody get the musket. Know, I really <laughs> Boom. <don't know. laughs> because comic books are geared toward different persons than the Hunger Games. Well, no, I and there's a, the I, same right, idea. But there's a lot more fans of comic books than there are the Hunger Games. I would assume, I would hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I don't, I don't know. I don't foresee that happening, but just like digital comics, it could happen, right? And it may happen. Yeah, you never know. Right, right, right now, the main thing is that we we still have print books, and that's good. So until yeah. we run out of trees, well, and we're living in the sky like the Jetsons, don't be awesome. that be sweet? I you won't have so. to walk the dog anymore because he have his own treadmill outside. That treadmill in the sky is a terrifying thing, <laughs> but awesome. Hey, you fall. That's bad news. Right. That's why you have Stops to Stops the, the treadmill that you still fall off the treadmill. <laughs> put on the leash. That's why you got the leash. That's yeah. why you got the jet shoes. Mm. Well, you got oh, the jet shoes. The, the dog jet has, shoes. Yeah. Dog has a leash. What if we put the jet shoes on the dog? I think that'd be terrible. You need four. You would not get that dog back. No. <laughs> you know how when you chase Remember him when he, run? he hikes his leg to pee and he just spins in circles? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much how it works. Uh, like a fire hydrant with no one holding no hose. But yeah, I, I, I think I think we're on the same page that yeah the movies are definitely affecting the comics. They're not. It's not movies first yet in comics. It's not as drastic. No. As it could be. Yeah. But I, 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 it's there. I do think it's going to happen. I hope not, but it's possible. It's probably you know. I mean, the whole idea of Ultimates was movie. Mm-hmm. is going to affect this and series of If comics. that happens, do you think that will drive people away from the comic books? If it works like the Ultimates, yes. <laughs> that's why there's going to be that's why there's going to be a group book. You cannot tell me that's not why. Because he blew up over that movie. Oh, a Groot book. Yes. Okay, yes. That, no, I'm, that yeah, character totally right. blew up. Mm-hmm. So did Rocket. Yep. Yeah. Nobody Star cared Lord. about him. No. Yeah. Well, we did, but... Well, right. well yeah. the layman's didn't care about him. No. But yeah, that's why... You know, it's so, it has, so it has affected things. If, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking that way, you know, Falcon did great for Captain America, but yet they decided not to even take a chance on him. So, in the movies, not in the comics. They immediately, as soon as that popularity started coming in, they switched him over to Captain America. Which would be a movie affecting a book, right? No, because well, no, Falcon's not going to be Captain America in the next. The Captain movie's America. affecting the book because he was nothing in the book, so they. Bring him into the forefront of the American populace as Captain America. Okay, I, I think we're miss we're, we're missing where I'm at here. When we brought him into Captain America Two, 
Winter Soldier. Everybody started going, oh, hey, Falcon. They yeah. actually knew who he was. So if they were really trying to sell the books based off the comics, they would have just ran on the Falcon book instead of making him Captain America. Or they're trying to portray him as more of a... I don't know. I, they're definitely trying to shake it up and do something different with Captain America. I, you know, we talked about this a lot. There was actually a time in the 90s where the same thing happened, where they took out Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, all of them. And it's kind of like we're, we're doing that sort of again now. But do, you, do you think it's because the Captain America book was pretty crappy? For, for taking him out? No. It was crappy before, and they wanted people to pick up a Captain America book to keep on that legacy. So they threw Sam into it. It's hard to say. Which I'm okay with because I like Sam, mm-hmm. and I think he's a good character. I don't really feel like it was a bad book before. Well, to you and I, maybe not. Yeah. But it wasn't selling at all. I guess, yeah. So I wonder if that created that sales jump that they needed. It's possible. Yeah. And all the controversy prior to him becoming Captain America about the underage lady, I think that was built up as well. And oh, that's where that with, jump came with Jet from. Black? Whatever her name was. Was that... Oh, I didn't even know there was a bunch of controversy. Oh, yeah. They said she was underage. What? And that just blew up on the Internet. Because they didn't they didn't portray it in the book, a timeline-wise, of, okay, she was this young, now she's this young, or this old, and she's of legal age. They didn't portray that well in the book because it went from one issue to the next. I see. The people didn't follow it like that, so that was a big controversy. And they actually had a thing on, on Twitter called Fire Rick Remender. Yeah, it's just more people that I don't. never, I, I never would have talked okay. that way. And it's just more people who don't actually read anything. They shouldn't have an opinion about this stuff. Right. I'll, I, I'll be honest with you. I was out of the loop at that time. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't know the story. That's people that like to stir things up just to be, you know. And the people who are like, oh, my God, look at the Spider Woman cover. She yeah. would have broke her spine. If you, you don't, don't like it, don't buy it. Right. Simple as that. No, I, I agree. It's muckraking. That's all it is. Yeah. That's all it is. If oh, yeah, that's surprising. You, I didn't hear about that. You vote for a book with your dollars. If you don't like that book, don't freaking support it. Yeah. That's true. If, if you don't agree with the cover, don't buy that cover. It's that simple. I don't understand what the big problem is. Comics have been around for 70-plus years. Right. They're not going away. No. But because of social media, everybody has a voice now. Yeah. yeah and they think that they can voice their opinions regardless of what and anybody else thinks. it has worked in some cases. I agree. With, especially with DC. I agree. Well, recently, yeah. Recently, I mean, yeah. they pulled, I mean, they pulled they... the cover for Batgirl number 41. Right. And did I you mean, look at that cover? It was awesome. It was it a great-looking cover. It wasn't bad. No. Oh, but will not stir up those bad memories where she might have been. It stirs um, up the bad memories from killing you know, joke, and there's uh, some bad stuff that happens. But they really want to. I read that book recently because I've never read it. The laughing joke, killing, 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 killing joke. joke. I didn't. I didn't take it that way. I think it, no, I didn't. The cover, I, didn't, I did not take it that way at all. The cover was a portrayal of Babs's worst nightmare, right? And that was her worst nightmare, right? So what's wrong with that? I don't know. Don't buy it. I don't know. But they got pulled. Well, the, the real truth matters. If it actually mattered story-wise, and they were actually worried story-wise, they'd recall what's left of the killing joke. Stores that have it, they'd ask them to return it because they don't want them selling the killing Dude, joke. That, that's, that's impossible. Well, didn't no, they change some not. stuff in the, the newer printings? 
The older prints, you ain't gonna get those back. Those stuff in no. back stock, no. Nobody's gonna care about that. People I'm talking are about be... they still release it new every like I don't know two or three years because they have to keep the license. The newer, the the newer, newer, version, right? the newer printings are different. I don't think license for the actual no, books. So. No, they're not. I don't think printing. Like the deluxe mm. version or whatever. I don't know different. where the printing license runs in mm. there. And even if that's the case, do a really small run. But if you're so worried about it, rather than pull some cover that has nothing to do with anything. Well, they said it's because the the, the way the book is now, that doesn't fit with the. Oh, that's right. Because well, number many one. Cover, how many covers do fit? What you know, really? Well, yeah. Harley Quinn was on everything last month, so. I mean, we just, flash before that. We just had Free Willy on Aquaman. How Boom. fitting is that? Yeah, I'll <laughs> take, take that. Oh, you better pull that cover. <laughs> well. It's a giant well. Well, it doesn't depict what's actually going on in the book. So. Oh, right, right. It doesn't fit the tone of the book. Right. That that, move, that book was about integrity. And, we, and we're trying to, you know, we're trying to let Sorry. this character forget that that nightmare. And you, it's a comic book character. Okay. And she is, she, she is more. <laughs> she has, yeah, she's gone above and beyond what anybody thought she was going to do. Right. Right. She became Oracle, which was badass. Right. She had Gail Simone write her after that, which was right. badass. Yes, that was awesome. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That book now, ah. it's not geared toward me at all. Not me either. No, well, that's it, why we're getting a new volume one. It's a, hip, it's a, it's a hipster book. It but is. they didn't change the numbering. No. That's a perfect opportunity for a new number one. Yeah, right. That would have exploded. But they wouldn't have tricked you in the buying the next three issues, Mike. That would have exploded. They wouldn't have tricked you. Well, that, that's Brand the problem. number one. It wouldn't have exploded because a lot of people would not have given it the shot. No, I don't know. There was actually, a big buzz around it. I think I think it would have. Yeah. That's my opinion. I have a friend that's really confused about that because the, when they release the trades, the starting at that issue, that trade mm -hmm. is labeled as volume one of yeah. Batgirl. And he was like, do I need to read the old stuff to get this? Nope. No, no, it's totally nope. different. Oh, you got He's like, is it the same Is it the same character and stuff? And I'm like, well, kind of, but they act totally different. Yeah, well, we, we, I mean, I'm pretty sure on the show we've actually discussed how to fix this. I mean, make it Batgirl year two and then just move forward and shut up. Or, or she could have amazing head drama. Tell, her all, all she, yeah. tell your friend all they got to do is watch Clueless and then Batman and Robin and bam. Yep. Hey. Angel mm. Silverstone making make a comeback. <laughs> wow, okay. That's my girl. Wow. Um, okay, well, that's enough news nonsense and just cuss and discuss, I guess. Why? Because this is there's, good stuff. there's books to talk about. <laughs> there's books to talk about. Yeah. Not important. Both of you should... <laughs> Ross's best line. It's the first time he's used on the show, I think. Uh, best line. It's not important. If we could, if we had video, we could slow it down. Not important. <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> can you put a demonic effect on that? I probably can, but I, I don't know if I. Important. <laughs> I don't know if I would now or not, but it would be pretty awesome. But yeah, I, yeah. So uh, let's move on to books. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Rob, tell us about Miami Vice. Alright, so Joe Casey doing the the writing and Jim Mahfoud doing the artwork for it. Uh we're going to go in and do it really fast to go through it. The art style for it to be... Uh, Depends on what you like. To be fast for it is, is wild, I would say. 
Um, they actually do a pretty good job with like the very beginning, like catching the theme song kind of. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a lot of odd things about the story. Um, Rico and Tubbs both, their character design is very strange. It's like they took the characters and they wanted to make them 90s style instead. And so they totally threw out their character design and remastered them. But they didn't remaster them to a current era. They they went straight 90s. So like Tubbs has a little flat top and has you know weird uh, fade cut lines in the back of his hair. For some reason they gave uh, Don Johnson's character... Um, Crockett. Like a, yeah, like a, uh, like a Caesar cut. He's kind of uh, arrow-esque. Real quick, does, is this a modern tale? No. Or is it a 90s tale? They really don't this is, it's ambiguous. specify. It's hard to... Is it nebulous? Does it matter? It's nebulous. <laughs> yeah, it's nebulous, the tale. Um, you know, um, I don't think it's supposed to be set in the 80s. I mm -hmm. think it's supposed to be set like just in a nebulous time. Now, I did have somebody ask, was this supposed to be taking place at the end of the, the run? For Miami Vice, the TV show. Yes, and I have no idea. Miami Vice, I think, had five seasons, and I don't, I don't know when it wrapped up. Okay. So, does um, it does it feel like you need to know anything jumping into it? It would be better. Okay. Yeah, but, you know, I think you'd probably be okay. I mean, there's not like super character introductions, but as far as the setup, I mean, the, re the reason it's remastered is because it's. And that's why it's part of the title, not just Miami Vice. If it was just Miami Vice, it'd be like a continuation. Which is Miami yeah. Vice remix? Remix, yes. That's what I meant. So it's, it's definitely like upgrade to the new era. So, however, uh, Lieutenant Castile, their boss, looks fantastic. He looks like a comicized Edward James almost. Oh, yeah. He's spot on. If I'm not mistaken, didn't he die in the series somewhere? Edward James almost? No, the first captain died. So. The first captain did. From the first season. That was Wait the guy. Adama was in this? Yeah. Yeah. Don't look at me. Uh, yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. He was... Which one? He was pretty, uh... Well, the the new... The new Battlestar Galactica. Not the one that used to talk about dog food, right? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, the other one. Bone marrow. That guy, remember him? <laughs> yeah. Stop it. Um, but as we go into this, the case is going to be pretty interesting as they build it out a little bit. Um, it looks like there's a new drug on the street that may or may not change people into zombies. They look like zombies. We'll see. And then there's a little bit of a connection to the series uh, with Hadama and his family. Remember that book from Action Lab called, what was it, Night of the 80s Dead or something like that? Night of the yes, 80s, do. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah, that drug turned people into zombies. I'll be damned. Boom. Yeah, no, that's what the deal is. It was a bad say, strain of cocaine, I think. If, if this was from Action Lab, I would have been like, yeah, huh. this is connected, but it's not. That's not from Action Lab. Fucking Lion Forge. Um, <laughs> go. But, you know, overall, it ought to be interesting. Things get a little more normal case-wise towards the end. Yeah. Because it winds up being, like, it's like we go through two different cases, and the, I think the main thing is going to want to be in the zombie drug thing, but we've got the side story going on with the, the, the Dama's daughter. Which is new material to me. Well, it's not Adama. It's Captain uh, Castillo. Castillo. Yeah. I called him Adama Captain Obama. Really. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, like overall, like feel of the book. I feel like it starts off really rough. I don't think they got the voices quite right. But as the story progresses, it turns into something that feels a lot more like Miami Vice. Um, artwork for it is really wild. 
I don't know if it's the art that I would have chose for the series if I was to be on top of that. Um, story for it could be really good, though. We'll have to see as we go. So if I was going to rate it, I'd probably rate it like a one and a half. That's generous. Mm-hmm. I don't Very think that, I don't think that's generous. That's generous. I mean, that's that's probably like the lowest rating I've ever gave in a book. You gave it one once. Did I? Yeah. Oh. Well, there you go. Good job, Mike. Just go over this book. Actually, Adama there or Castillo, he's on Shield now. He is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that he, nothing he's to do back. He's <laughs> making his rounds after he went to Dexter. Right. He was a freak in that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I give it a zero point five. <laughs> I could not get it. I couldn't get past the art. I saw. I really can't say much for the story. I just couldn't get there. I, I just couldn't do it. The art's so. It's wild. Well, Jim of food. He's de- he's definitely got a. He's just like Dave Crossland. Like Dave's got a particular no, style art. Dave's better. Oh, I'll give you that. And I'm not gonna say Jim of food hasn't done anything that I haven't liked. No, yeah. He's done a lot of stuff that I liked. This. Does not do it for me. No. So go ahead. I, I, I just can't. I jumped the gun. I, I can't do it. Right. I just I can't. That's fine. Mr. Ross? I'm not going to read it because okay. I didn't even look at it, so I can't can't give it any sort of Let's answer I like, Ross. Answer. There you go. Usually it's like, oh, Ross. No, that's bad Ross when he doesn't read something. What's wrong with you? I don't know. <laughs> a hay fever analogy. I, I would. Like, I thought about giving it a low rating, just like you guys. But well, I, I probably th- would from looking at it. I looked through I it. Look at it. I tried I to read. A look, I tried. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I mean, it just it took away. It just took me out of it. The lettering yeah. is kind of is kind of. I crazy. like you said. I not the art style. I would have chosen for this book at all. Okay, hmm. My thing is, you look at uh, Bill and Ted. Yes. And then you look at this. Yeah. Bill and Ted did it right in my book. Yeah. Art-wise, story-wise, okay. color-wise, this did not do anything for me. Um, I'm going to give a, I'm going to be with my point five. I huh? just, I, I, I try not to base it on writers either, because I do not like Joe Casey at all. Right. I like Jim Mafood's old stuff. I don't know what happened here. It just changed drastically. This, this feels like that new, uh, that dude that's doing Tank Girl. Yeah, okay. This has that feel to it, and I just could not get into it. Um, okay, I guess you're just saying. It's, it's just not my thing at all. And if you've seen the show at all, you know how the, sh- the, there, there's the, the mood and the feel of the show is what it is. If it's, you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's very gritty. And very... It's kind yeah. of monotone. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very muted. You look at that. That's not like the show. Well, I think, I think you know what I mean? It's just not... Yeah, that's a bit of why I rated it a little bit higher. Is actually, as you get into it, it starts feeling like Miami Vice. I'll give it I'll give it a one. It's like Miami Vice on cocaine. That's what it looks like. <laughs> uh, cocaine's better than that's, that. That's not... <laughs> it's like Miami Vice on meth. There you go. I don't know why it's got to come down to... Okay, so I would <laughs> give it a, 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 one, one, a one and a half. Uh, I, like, I, I like Jim just fine. Joe Casey, He's whatever. a good dude. Yeah, he is. He's a good dude. Um, as far as the, like Rob said, I think the pacing at the beginning felt weird when it started, but by the time you get to the end, though, it felt like a, felt like an episode. So it's like it built into it. Now, as far as it falling into the series, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. I know things got super dark at the end of the show, but I don't remember how the seasons, how the last show ever played out. I don't out. remember it, no. So I have no clue if it's supposed to be that time frame or not. 
But like the way everything else moves in it, I think it moves okay. I mean, the stuff with uh, with Elvis the Alligator was great. Granted, it's only like a couple pages that he's in there, but like all the other pieces that are, should be there are kind of there. But yeah, the, the beginning is a little rough to get to. So, book wise, I don't know. I guess let's see what number two is like, and then after that, decide whether to keep run, running it or not. But there's so there's that. My advice. Remakes. <laughs> all right. Wiki wiki wiki. No. All right, uh, Ross, you want to regale us with a tale of Batman and Robin number 40? Yep, got a, well, like Steve just said, Batman and Robin 40 by... Boom. Tomasi, Gleason, Gray, and Kaliz. Um, it is the end of their run, unfortunately. It's a sad time. Yeah, but it is a very good last issue for them, I'd say. Um, you have... At the end of the last issue, you had Batman and Damien with his superpowers and Shazam and Superman all heading out on this mission with the Justice League. And it's the very first time Damien's done anything with the League. You can tell that he's excited, even though he's kind of trying to play it off like it's just a normal thing. Um, You get to this island, and it's a giant robotic monster thing terrorizing the island and you find out that there aren't any people around and there's nothing that can get hurt so they just turn them loose on uh on this monster i got a couple of really cool fight scenes like with a uh, damien shoving it uh, looks like a radio tower kind of into the monster yeah that's yeah, basically what it looks like and uh telling shazam to call down shazam and it strikes it like a giant lightning rod uh you get towards the end of it and you find out that Apparently, Batman has figured out that, or he thinks that Damien's superpowers are going to wear out if he uses them all. Um, and so you get to you get to the end of it, and Damien wakes up the next morning, and all of a sudden, he gets a paper cut, and he's like, how can this happen? And he tries to use his heat vision, and that doesn't work, and jumps out a window, which leads him falling out the window. Basically hanging from the fingertips. Yeah. Um, and then you find out that it was kind of Batman's plan all along, and that he had talked to Alfred through it. Uh, and then you end the issue with them going out on patrol, and Damien's like, is there something wrong? And Batman's like, I don't know what you mean. And Damien's like, you're smiling, and Batman's like, I guess I am, and then it's the end of the issue. Right. Yeah, really awesome issue. I like the whole team up with all the Justice League there. And, and it, tur- it turned out that Cyborg... Yeah, Cyborg was controlling the the robot monster the whole time, which is it was Cyborg acted exactly like how I'd expect Cyborg to act with that too, which I thought was awesome. It was uh, really pretty cool seeing Shazam and Robin together because they're both. I mean, technically they're both kids, and they're both about the same age. Too. Yeah, they're both pretty close. Right. I would really like to see that team up again later. It'd be interesting. I think it'd be cool. They even make the Brave and the Bold reference there. They do, yeah. This was really awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. The, the cover, really quick, the cover reminded me a lot of old Super Friends stuff. Okay. Because you, so, yeah. you got the basic Super Friends crew minus Dick Grayson Robin, but with right, Damien and Robin and then Shazam added to it. But Yeah, really good ending for what it was, too. You, you make sure you got a scene with Bat-Cow and Alfred the Cat in there at the end, <laughs> right. just to... Uh, yeah, great ending. I would give it probably a 5 out of 5. I really, really liked it. 
Mr. Curtis? I like that part where uh, after he's jumped out of the window, mm-hmm. he's talking with, with uh, Bruce. Right. And he says, I wanted to do more, be more than I am. With all those powers, I wanted to be incredible. And in my mind, I was thinking, if he would have said, I want to be invincible, that would have been <laughs> amazing. Just a little throw over to little image comics. But um, I enjoy it. I enjoyed that run. I mean, they were on it for four years, five years? Uh, at this point, well, you count the stuff before New 52. Because that would have been 2011-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Man, four, close to four and a half years, yeah. As a series of itself, five out of five. This book, probably 4.5. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're good people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can agree with that. Um, book-wise, yeah, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, the last few books we've had, there's been at least a, a couple of them that have that, like, kind of heartfelt ending. It's like, what I've been saying, I don't know, I guess I've probably most of us have said this for a while, that regular Batman is probably the strongest book DC puts out. Batman and Robin has more heart. No, it's true. They're both awesome books. You can stick your tongue out all day. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, I give it a 4.5 also. It was really good. And like, like you said, both both Pat and 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 Tomasi are they're they're both pretty cool guys. So as far as like a setup's concerned, they've they've been a good team. They work together for other books besides just this. But as far as entertainment's concerned, like yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty cool book. And they go the full circle that way. At least they got to bring him back at the end and make things sort of normal. And now we move on to uh, Pat's run and we'll see what that's like. So Mr. Rob I also really enjoyed it. I'd say five out of five problem as well. I mean, wow. it, it's really a heartfelt book. Wow! And I really like the interaction with with Damien and Cyborg. Or no, I'm sorry, Damien and um, Shazam. Shazam, actually. I thought it turned out really well. I didn't think it was overplayed, really. And you know, I was kind of wondering how we were going to deal with the superpower stuff. I think this was a great way to deal with it. And I thought it was going to be rushed to the end. Mm-hmm. But the length of time that he's had the powers, I think that works so great. Perfect. Yeah. But yeah, I, there was a couple other uh, issues that we read that we were thinking about. But this one definitely had the most heart out of the books, I think. So. Mm-hmm. This one and that silent issue. Yep. Oh, yeah. The silent issue is like a six out of five. Yeah. <laughs> that was good. It's a heck of a book, yeah. yeah. Mr. Mike? Hmm. <laughs> I would give the book and the series as a whole a five out of five. All right. The uh, moments with him and Shazam, priceless. And I was really kind of afraid that they were going to leave the superpowers thing in place for the new series. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I thought they were going. It just you know, uh, made me cringe a little bit. But now that I know that it's ended, and the, like you said, the amount of time, it's perfect. Yeah. To, you know, and Bruce getting the league involved. Basically set him up so he can wear him out. Mm. He wanted to work, get the powers out. You know, he wanted him to work it out of his system because he's afraid. He's, you know, that was cool. The league would get involved just for Damien's sake. Um, that's really cool. I really liked all the individual interactions. The last too. two issues have been really with the league. And, yeah, it's been really cool. How are you going to tell Batman no? True. Hey, can you guys go run this robot? Nope. I'm watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great series. Um, I'm, I'm really wished it wasn't over, but nothing can last forever, I guess. 
And like I said, I usually don't try to base my score off of creators, but I'm going to give Gleason a 5 out of 5 most of the time unless he makes me mad. Well, we'll see how he writes. <laughs> has, he, has he written anything? I don't know. No, no, not that I'm but aware of. as you were saying, it makes sense that they showed the flying bat cow on the cover of the next or the first issue mm -hmm. of Damien. I think that makes sense now. That's one of the only new of new of the new books that I'm. I want I want I want to check out one of very few. Mm -hmm. I really so. hope a lot of a lot of what was so good about this book carries over into that one. You know, and he's been writing or drawing from Tomasi's scripts for close to ten years. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure he's picked up a little something. For a character like Damien, though, I start out hating. Mm-hmm. And he's just become, because of this run, really, because I read the older stuff, and it's like, you know, I got used to it, take him or leave him, but I, I, when I started this run, he just really grew on me, and now yeah. he's my favorite character, one of them, or if not right. the favorite character. I mean, I, DC Universe without Damien is just not quite as bright. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's just he's got reluctance, but he's headstrong, very and he wants to oh, do it. Very confident. And yeah. They could do a lot with him. And he's just a kid. Yep. So, yeah, five out of five. All right. That's a no-brainer. stuff. It's a no-brainer, Steve. <laughs> it's always easy to say that after it's over. What'd you say? Nothing. I about had it with you, Shetland Pony piece of... <laughs> Go take a Shetland Pony. <laughs> <laughs> a Shetland I think that's something different, maybe. <laughs> Shetland <Yeah>. Pony. <laughs> Oh my God! All right, well, well you let's got a move title on for to the show, don't you? Invincible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't think we usually run with titles like that, but all right. Shetland Pony. <laughs> I think we might get a different listening audience. I think maybe. I'm losing it. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. I'm done. I'm out. This is my last episode. Oh, I think. <laughs> I leave on a high note. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is that what you call it? Not if you're writing the Shetland Pony. <laughs> oh my gosh. Rob, why don't you tell us a little bit about Invincible? <laughs> well, written by Robert Kirkman <laughs> and art by Ryan Otley. But we did the interview with oh, yeah, last, last year, year yeah. Comic -Con. <coughs> um, this is Invincible 118, and it's what they really would like to have as as a startup issue. It's dropped the price all the way down to like twenty five cents for this book. Yep. Um, there's a lot at the beginning um, that it covers in about like six pages that'll get you up to this point. And surprisingly it's enough. It's a heck of a lot of catch up at the beginning, but yeah, it gets you through. It introduces a bunch of characters, explains a bunch of things, and then go. Yeah. And it doesn't really feel like that was your whole book, which is good. <laughs> um, but one of the big things that we're having here is Mark Invincible is adjusting to his new life out in deep space. And Eve is also dealing with this kind of culture shock where Mark's been out there before and has kind of met aliens and done this. This is her first time dealing with that. Along with that, we also have their child that they're kind of beginning as new parents with. Seeing how they're going to interact with the rest of the world, including his little brother, who's now out there in space with them, kind of makes this whole series, or this whole issue kind of tie together. And there's a lot about culture shock, and it has a lot of things that you might not be familiar with Robert Kirkman doing, which is in The Walking Dead, he's definitely more about, you know, hard emotions and everything doom and gloom, whereas in Invincible, 
he kind of goes back to his roots and is more comical and has more like little comedy things that work in there. Like the kid when it first meets Alan punching him in the eye. Right. Well, he has one giant eye in case you're not familiar. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's something later on with the uh, you know, digesting food that yeah. winds up becoming a big part of uh, this particular story, which is just comical in itself. Um, but we also end the book with some pretty serious issues that Mark has been having, and kind of a big scare at the end that we're going to leave as a mystery for for those people who come to the story. So, mystery. If you haven't been reading Invincible. This is a great chance to jump on. You're not going to get a better chance for 25 cents to check out a quality book that actually has a lot of content. Um, it's a little rough, I think, as as a jump on issue. As a standalone issue, is a little rough. I'll give you that. But this this might give you you know the the chance that you've been looking for to get into Invincible. Without getting another number one. Yeah, without, without having to go all the way to the back. Yeah. Well, I mean, one of the good things to do about it, uh, I'll say that when I score things, I guess. Hey, Rob, you want to score that book? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Uh, I'd give it a... Probably a three and a half. I think it's actually a really, really good book. Um, I think probably they should have done something a little bit more action-y with this book to try to wrap people in. But... If you haven't checked out Invincible, this might be a great spot to get in there. And it's really, like, if you think you already know how Robert Kirkman's going to write, this story might change the way that you think about that. So. I'll give you that. And if you love aliens, you're going to get some of the most unique aliens in Invincible. It's far more than just characters with pointy ears or different noses. So, Good point. That's for sure. Is Rosh with that book score? Yeah, I'd give it a three out of five. I, I'm not. I've read a couple of issues of Invincible for this, but I definitely don't know much. And I I caught on by reading that, and the art was really good. Right. So not not too bad. Like Rob said, the aliens are all crazy. That's for sure. <laughs> I, I can say this: the arc right before this with uh, Robot Man. Holy cow! It is pretty. Yeah, it's pretty big. Story-wise. Uh, Curtis? I don't know. I don't know. It hurts my heart. Hearing three is about Invincible. <laughs> oh, man. I give, it a th- I give it a three just because Ryan Otley's on it. There's another guy that I'll... All day. Because we sing the praises of... Or I sing the praises of Otley and Gleason, so it's good to have both of them on one show. Uh... I think the only thing that I, I feel like works against me on this is that when I was reading it, I was really reading it from the point of being like, okay, well, this is your first taste of Invincible. Is this going to hook you? I'm going to give it a 3.5. Okay. I'm going to read it again, and then I'll advise you to change this. <laughs> All right. I feel like it has just an Invincible issue. It's, it's pretty good. I know, but the series itself... Five all the way. Yes, still. Yeah. That's actually been really good. And like Rob said, that last story arc with Robot. Yeah. It's crazy. The the Holy ending crap. alone. Yeah. You don't do that in comics normally. Well, you, you don't see that in superhero comics. You Not know? usually. Even uh, the last story arc prior to that one. Mm-hmm. It, or, yeah. Blows your mind. Yeah. Every every story arc ends with the, like, oh my god, how can they do this? 
for quite a while, actually. And even uh, issue 100. Everybody dies. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. It, it's not what you think. Yeah. This book is not what you think. It's just awesome. Exactly. Dinosaurs always crazy, too. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Mike, you got a score for The Invincible? Yeah, I don't. I didn't get a chance to read it, to be honest. But right. The Invincible series as a whole, like Curtis says, is a five. The first four Ultimate Collection volumes. And just to see, and I've read issues scattered throughout the, uh -huh. the previous couple runs, just to see the progression of where it started, how it slowly works into what it is now. It's just, a, it does blow your mind. He uh -huh. is, I mean, I, I don't know. The guy's amazing. Uh -huh. And the art is always top notch. Yep. I mean, that's a great series. I, I'd love to own it all. Well, make these giant compendiums, Mike. There's at least four of them, maybe five. There's quite a few of them. Talk to your local retailer. <laughs> plug, plug, what, I don't know. What retailer? You shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth. You um, okay, so score-wise, you know, I'm with, I'm with Rob on it. Like, I would give it a four. You know, I give it a four, four actually. The art's great. Uh, I get what you're saying, that it should have been more action-y, maybe. Because if this is the only exposure you had... I don't know if it's enough to hook you, but you get the funniness of it with the whole uh, the the scene with the dinner and then what follows the dinner. You get the comedy side of things, but then you get the serious side of things when you get to the end. It's almost like it goes from both sides of the pendulum. Yeah, the action side of this particular issue is not high steam action, but at the same time, like if you look anything, try to find anything out about it at all, you'll see that that kind of stuff. So, this particular issue, yeah, I'll give you. There's not enough punches in it. But, other than that, it, it gives you a fairly good taste of the way he does the book. Okay. And in the series, though, the action does take... Oh, he, yeah. He takes, it, he takes it to the next level. All the time. Level. I mean, it, I mean it's... The I was, was going to say, if you read this, go back, read the first trade, Family Matters. Right. Then read this last story arc with Robot, and see... Try to figure out how they got from Family Matters right. to this last story arc. It's a... It's mind-boggling. Yeah. I totally called him the wrong thing. It's just Robot, isn't it? It's Robot. Yeah. yeah. Robot yeah. Man is from, uh, oh. <laughs> from, from uh, oh, God, Suicide Squad. No, uh, Doom Patrol. Yeah. yeah. Damn it. But, yeah, just go from that first or trade to mm -hmm. where we are now. You'll never no. imagine it. There's so, there's so much change between A and B. No, it's not. Yeah, as far as books are concerned, I'll give you. For, for first taste, I, I would give it a four. Um, but... It, Again, I get, with a little more punches, I think there might have been more of a hook inside of it. And that's that's the only thing I don't think that they accomplished with it. Everything else is awesome. I mean, you explain all this history. Like, we're issue-wise, we're 118 issues in. And this is the first time you're seeing the book. There's a lot of ground to cover in those first six pages. A lot. And they've covered it pretty well. I mean, yeah, there's still pieces that are not exactly covered or not exactly run over. But you get a pretty good idea of where things lay out and how people flip-flopped. So, as far as that's concerned, even if you've been out of the book for a while, the roadmap at the beginning would explain a lot of things for you. So if you read, like, the first, I don't know, even if you read four or five issues in the middle, you can start now and you'd pretty well be caught up. Yeah, not every nick and cranny of it, but at the same time, you, they give you so much, and there's so many pieces that go over 100 issues. Yeah, like... Uh, I think they did a pretty good job. And there's 
I mean, Robert Kirkman is great at setting up something that happened 50 issues ago. Like with Langstrom or Engstrom Levy. And then there was a part where Invincible threw a bag of trash into the air in like issue 68 or something. And he said, that's going to have repercussions down the road. And we don't know what that is. He just threw a bag of trash into the air, into the atmosphere. So. And you cannot forget Battle Beast. You can't forget. You can't mention Invincible without Battle Beast. Battle Beast can't do it. badass. Yeah. And we saw... It sounds silly, but yeah. the character is badass. And we saw a preview of him for the next issue, so hopefully he'll be in there and kicking some more ass. I, I bet he will. So. All right. Moving on. All right. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So uh, let's move into another uh, image comic. Chrononauts. Uh, like oh, we're gonna do Nova, we're gonna do Nova next. No, we're doing Chrononauts. <laughs> You're right. I know. Why well, is he, he the old curmudgeon? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Technically, there's two of you, but whatever. Uh, so we got Chrononauts, Image Comics. What? Is that them funny books? That's some funny books. Mm. Sorry. Uh, it's Mark Millar and Sean Murphy. Uh, you should remember Sean Murphy from. Uh, Joe the Barbarian. Joe the Barbarian. Punk Rock Jesus. Punk Rock Jesus. The Wake. Wake. The Wake. Yeah. Um, he did that small run for Constantine, Sea oh. of Demons. Uh, Outer Orbit. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. With Zach Howard. Oh, yep. well, there you go. Now, and he did some Batman stuff. Off-road, too. There. That's true. Give one part in the Batman awesome. Black and White. Right. Sure, Batman. Yeah. And didn't he star in Interstellar? Batman? No, that's a different. Oh wait, guy. that was Matthew McConaughey. That's a different guy. My bad. It's a different, different guy. Anyway, uh, so Chrononauts. Space Library. Oh, you stop. <laughs> Spoilers, love. Uh, it's it's two thousand one Space Odyssey without the baby. Uh, okay, so Chrononauts, number one. Uh, we God, we open up. And, I mean, the art's great. First, I mean, Mark Millar, you should know from Kick Ass and. Uh, Super Crooks and, I don't know, 30 other books are good. Starlight. Starlight. Um, Kingsman. Shazam. Old Man Logan, didn't he write that? Um, I don't remember that. I think he did. He might have. Anyway, um, book-wise, we open up and we're in a desert. Uh, Southeast Turkey is where we're at. And uh, we're with a fella who's uh, joining an expedition out there. And they're showing him the what's inside of this uh, really, really old like tomb-style um, the spot they're excavating, and they talk about it being older than predating Stonehenge, and predating metal tools, and predating even um, pottery. And we get inside, and we see what he sees, which happens to be an F-14 Tomcat, on top of this awesome display with like this really awesome-looking like planes carved into the side of it and stuff, almost like it was something they worshipped, and it's been buried there for centuries. Which is awesome. Anyway, uh, from there we jump forward to Texas, of all places. And we're outside of a uh, fancy building. Yeah, I said Texas. That's it's never a good Texas. jump. <laughs> well, you know, if you figure the desert's hot, Texas is hot. Makes total sense. It makes total sense. Anyway, um, we are now at a uh, science lab, and we have uh, we meet our, meet our second character. Our first character, um, uh, Corbin. It's Corbin. God, what's Corbin's last name? I knew that a second ago. No, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. I always want to say Dallas, but it's not Corbin Dallas. No, it's Corbin yeah. Quinn. Corbin. Corbin Quinn's our scientist. And uh, an action hero, basically. Anyway, we're in his lab with with him and his friend Danny. 
And uh, Danny's like, are you sure these things aren't just hoaxes? And he's like, oh, no, we're pretty sure this is that 14 Tomcat that went missing. Uh, what year they say it was? They went missing back in the 70s. And he's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure because everything seems to match. And he has a whole crap load of like, articles pinned up on this wall of other things very similar to that. And he's like, this just proves time travel's real, man. And uh, the, it kind of jumps a little quick because we get from this stage to actually having a probe they send out. Hey. Not that kind of probe. <laughs> they send the probe back in time. <laughs> and in the process, they want it broadcasting it to everyone in the world. Um, and it, they send the probe back to the Civil War. And so we see the Civil War showing up on TV as it's actually happening. And uh, it's really pretty crazy. And like the whole world finds out about this. And the next thing, he, they, he decides, well, we're going to be doing a manned, manned exploration in about eight months. So we fast forward a little farther, and uh, we get to the point where they're getting ready to take off. And we've got the two of them giving a press, co press conference, basically, and explaining like what they're, what they're going, what they're doing, where they're going to, what they're going to try to see. Their plan is to go watch the landing of Columbus on America and record that. And that's what their whole deal is, with what they're going is, to see. Is this a man probe? Uh... What? Is it a manned probe? The second time, yes. Okay. First time, no. The first time, it's just like a satellite, basically. Yeah. Like Vajur from yeah. Star Trek 1? I, I, I would describe it more like, almost like a Stargate, really. Okay. I think that they shoot the probe back, and the probe, or, well, I guess the probe was like a satellite. Yeah. yeah. But the, the second one is more like a Stargate. They're like stepping through instead of riding. It's the two of them going through in special suits designed to basically try and travel them because of the suits. But they're being fueled or powered by going through the, the gate system, I guess. Okay. The science is not totally explained, however, it looks awesome. <laughs> that's true. And yeah, it is kind of stargating, I guess. That's true. Well, a little bit. It, yeah, true. Um, so anyway, we find out Corbin's very, very science and getting everything right, and he's been very job-oriented, and he's very goal-oriented to the point that he ruined his marriage and having a regular life. Whereas Danny's like a showboat. I mean, he's hilarious. There's a point where they're on camera, and he's like, dude, you don't have to worry about nobody being here to send you off. When you come back from this, you're going to be going to all these colleges. You'll be the hot topic on campus. You'll be sleeping with all the girls on campus. He's like, you know that we're being watched and recorded. He's like, oh, yeah. He does this whole, like, gunpoint thing to the camera. Like a, I don't know, like a shooter Gavin type thing. <laughs> shooter <laughs> Gavin. Right. And uh, we see these shots of people at home watching, and there's this whole group of, like, nuns with one preacher. And the preacher's doing it back to the TV because he thinks it's hilarious, and the nuns are all like, oh, my God. It's awesome. It's great. It's so funny. Anyway, Danny's a total ham. Um, we find out Corbin really misses the, the wife he had prior to science taking over his life. And he's not real happy about that. Anyway, we go a little farther forward and we wind up having him fire the gate and jump through the gate, of course. And as that's happening, well, of course, the first guy through is Corbin and he hits some type of wave. And it dislodges him in a different time frame Go figure, it's time travel, so that's what happens. Makes the brain hurty. It does make the brain hurty, but it's so awesome. Anyway, so Danny immediately charges the gate because he's going to go through and try to save his friend. And, of course, the uh, the few military types there that are funding the whole situation stop him. Um, a little bit later, there's some cousin discuss about it, and eventually they finally decide the only person that's qualified to send would be Danny. They send him through the gate also, and then other things unfold that I'm not going to mention. And... The next book should be freaking great. The end. Well, yeah, the, the ending. The ending is. The ending good. is really yeah. like catch, man. Like Crazy. Super. It, the ending is really catch, and like, 
as far as rest is concerned, yeah, I mean, it's science time travel, so it, there's a little not, it's not like the newest thing in the world, but at the same time, like, the setup lead up to it, awesome. Like, all the crazy relics from time, awesome. It's right, it's right up my, right up my alley, our avenue. And there's a point in where they start, uh, there's a part where they're talking about uh, what kind of harm could happen from them traveling back in time. And they're talking, and they go, oh, you know, we're just going to go to spots that's not really going to change things. Well, one of the things that happens with Corbin when he gets hit with that wave is he winds up going back further than they expected to a point where just his presence could actually affect time. That's one of the big things that they're worried about. So some of the science goes over. But yeah, because when they were planning to go watch the whole landing Columbus, it's not far enough back that it would have destroyed anything because Columbus was still going to wind up there regardless. So it wouldn't have unraveled history. Uh, but where they come out is like in the 15th century, and that's like a totally different kind of thing. Uh, anyway, uh, book-wise, I don't know, I give it a four and a half. Like, I, it was really entertaining to me. And the art's great. Story-wise, uh, the first book's really good. Uh, I don't imagine it'll spin too out of control. I mean, as far as books are concerned, Millar's a good writer, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited for the second issue. That's all I'll give it. Rob, go. I'd give it a four. I really enjoyed the issue. Um, I think it's Danny. It's the blonde one? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sean Murphy really just takes off with him, and I don't know how much of it was scripted, but he has a lot of personality. So much so that like it pulls a worry way away from even the story that they're writing, and I think it turns into a great part of his personality. So even though, you know, we're going through some kind of the heavy lifting of what science works to make this happen. Like he's just slapsticking it up the whole way through, so it kind of all works to well together. Uh, I think it's going to turn out to be a really good series. So, Miss Mike. Well, I've read, you know, a fair amount of Millar's work and liked most all of it. Um, he doesn't ever really ever disappoint, as far as I can remember. And Sean Murphy's art. Well, we don't need to talk about that. Right. Um, that makes it a four and a half. Um, it's cool. I think I, I had a hard time at first because it moved so fast. I wasn't really prepared for that, but it's cool. It's really cool. It, it, I think it's going to end up being a great, great story. Right. There, it does have a quick movement in the beginning. It and does. the art's nice to look at. Well, yeah. Always. I mean, that helps. Most of the stuff they skip over is the boring part of the movie that you would skip over anyway. Right. Uh, Mr. Ross? I'd give it a four. Good art and good story and really cool concept. Time travel stuff's always fun, so. Sweet. Curious. I haven't read it. Son of a... How come it was okay if you didn't read something? Well... Why, would, why do I gotta be the son of a... I'm just saying... Son of a Shetland pony. You, you read a lot more independent stuff. I know, but I'm backed up. I know. Anyway. Well, that's, that, that explains a lot. You son of a... Art itself, I've looked through it. Right. I'd give it a three for the art. I know the story's <coughs> going to be good, but I would give it a three for the art. A three, that's it. Itself, yeah. Just for the art by itself. Dude, writing and art make a book, okay? When Mommy and Daddy get together... Well, now that you understand how the, but, that works. I really like a lot of the way that Sean Murphy tells the story with just his artwork mm -hmm. in this. I think... You know, it becomes like a whole other part of it. And I, I, even when I was reading it, I was like, oh my gosh, look at those, look at those. Oh, he's flipping the guy off, you know, like. 
But it works out really well. What's the name of that dude in Black Science? Was it Kent Quinn? Which guy? The guy in Black Science. The main dude? Yeah. The one, uh, Grant McKay? Okay. I yep. thought there was a Quinn in there, too. But, uh, no, uh, I do enjoy that kind of, like, eight is just amazing. So right. I know this will be good, too. Yeah, it's pretty good. I did actually get to read number two yeah. earlier today. So, yeah, it's pretty awesome. So this explains a lot of stuff that's happening in eight. It does kind of, yeah. <laughs> oh, this, this is going to be cool. Weird. It's, yeah. it's going to be real. It's, it's going to ramp up and be an awesome story. Right. All right, Rob. We're going to read y'all with another tale of, uh, well, this is Nova. Number uh, 28. We haven't talked about Nova today, right? Who are y'all with the tale? It was Ross earlier, wasn't it? What do you do? You regale this with a tail. And who's writing that nowadays? Uh, Nova? Yeah. That's a good question. DC Comics? Like Marvel Comics? <laughs> Gary Duggan. It's a good name. Um, he was writing Deadpool for a long time. Oh, okay. And then he did uh, Arkham Asylum? I don't know. He's he done a few things. Arkham Manor? Arkham Manor, maybe? I know he was writing part of the Thunderbolts. The one where Batman's Jack Shaw. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, he's writing that. I like that one too, actually. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not sure if I'm going to say this right or not, but David Baldino. That sounds good. Uh, is the artist for, for this particular story, and it is dealing with Black Vortex. Although I do feel like this is a pretty decent standalone. Uh, we catch up with Sam, and he's stolen the Black Vortex. We catch up with Sam, and he's stolen the Black Vortex, and he's trying to get it as far away from the planet as he can. Unfortunately, he's just a kid, so like the first thing he thinks of is just to take it at home and hide it there. And he does do actually a little bit to try to like keep people from following him. But one of the big elements of the story is him being tempted by the mirror. And I think he asks a question that we haven't seen the other people ask yet when the mirror tries to tempt them, which is like, why should I submit to you? What would I get out of it? And we actually get a glimpse at uh, what he could become, but it also kind of tries to tempt him with showing off what happened to uh, Rider. Rich Rider. Yeah. And it goes as far as even actually dangle Rich Rider's helmet out in front of him from inside the mirror. But ultimately he was able to uh, to kind of overcome it. Like, his, his parents' values basically taught him, like, you don't get anything for nothing. So there's going to be some cost to this. No matter what you say, what you're trying to offer me, you know, you, nothing comes for free. Uh, along with that, we get a little bit more of Thane and how he's being manipulated by Mr. Knife. Uh, but once he's like, stows it at home, his first concern is to try to get a hold of somebody that can't be tempted by the mirror. And so his first thought is to try to contact the vision, which unfortunately is not available. And, you know, as he has it at home, before long, the collector shows up with his little henchman to try to collect it and tries to pay off the mom, who's, of course, like, totally... Clues uh, the situation? Well, yeah. Uh, she, she doesn't really know what's going on with it. Of course, that's because Sam doesn't tell her, you know, all the space adventures that he has. No, I mean, she's aware of the stuff happening, but, like, this whole thing happening right now, yeah, yeah she's no clue what's going on. Everything went really fast. Yeah. And we see for a moment that his kid sister sees the mirror and sees herself in it, but we don't really know what she sees. 
It makes you crazy. Yeah, it kind of does. Yeah. Which a lot of people that are being tempted by the mirror are having that. Uh, but from there, he winds up having to steal the uh, black vortex off of Earth and kind of through his uh, space adventures, thinking he's bringing it to the Guardians of the Galaxy, to uh, Peter Quill, he winds up taking it to the last people that he'd like to bring it to. And it kind of has this big sneaky conclusion of the story where everything in Black Vortex is just going to get a lot darker. So, yeah, it's got a really big catch at the end of it, too. But Nova's series has been fantastic. If you haven't been reading Nova, check it out before they wrap it up. Hopefully it'll continue into the next phase of Marvel, and it winds up knocking it out again. I mean, Nova, if, if you were reading in the 90s, and you remember Nova being just a punk, this series will change your mind. If you were reading before that point, then you saw the space stuff and you said it's all weird and I can't get behind it, this series will change your mind. It's actually really, really well done and it doesn't really feel like something you've already read. So, uh, for this issue, I'd give it a. I'd probably give it a three and a half. I really enjoyed it. I think it's a great part of this, of this storyline. So. All right, uh, Mr. Mike. I'll I'll agree with that. Three and a half. The Nova series has been really good. Um, the Black Vortex stuff that I've read, you know, has been pretty solid. So yeah, the, the series as a whole has been really good. But uh, yeah, that, that's, I'll give it a three and a half. Cool, Mr. Ross. I'll keep it going. Give it a three and a half too. Like the Nova character, and it seems like a pretty interesting story. Curateus? I'll give it a three. I, I, I've enjoyed the whole run of Nova. I enjoyed the crap in the 90s. I enjoyed the space stuff earlier 80s. Right. I've enjoyed all iterations of Nova, so I'll give it a three. Cool. I've liked them as well, but mm -hmm. yeah, there were some periods. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta um, take the good with the bad. Yeah, mid, mid 80s and early 90s, uh, they didn't do space very well over at Marvel. It got a lot better, like, I don't know, middle 90s or early 2000, but, and now it's just awesome, so. Anyway, um, book of score-wise, I give it a three and a half also. Um, the art's good, and it's it's very much a kid with a loaded gun, and he, he refers to the time before whenever he had the ultimate nullifier, and like that stuff was pretty cool, and uh, yeah, the end catch is really pretty big, and I know it's going to affect the other books, we're going to see it in the other books, so that's a pretty, uh... <laughs> That's a pretty big thing in this issue. Anyway, uh, book-wise, yeah, it's been thoroughly entertaining, and like Black Vortex has been really good. Anyway, that's all I got on that. Um, let's see. So, I need some books to watch. You shake your head at me, Mister Ross. Books to watch. Go. Mm, go with uh, Damien, Son of Batman. That's yeah. Take one to go for. All right. And the uh, Batman and Robin annual that comes out. Next week, I think it'll be the very last. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. Last uh, Tomasi one. Leeson's not on there, but Tomasi's writing that one. Damage. So was, was this Leeson's last one? This was their last one as a team. Yeah. Mm. Prior to him taking over the book altogether, is Robin, mm -hmm. son of Batman. Yep. A single tear. Yeah. Mr. Mike. I'll uh, probably be. Upcoming Aquaman uh, with Colin Bunn and 
writing and Trevor McCarthy doing the art ought to be pretty interesting. Should be cool. What he's done in Sinestro has been really good. Yeah. Um, Colin, he's on a lot of stuff, too. He's got that Hellbreaker. Um, that's pretty good. It's from... Uh, Hellbreak. Arnie. Hellbreak, yeah. Hellbreak. That's pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I got Outcast. Uh, Black Science. Black Science, of course. That goes without saying. Dead at the Class. Uh, you know, the usual. The Rick Remender stuff? Yes, Rick Remender stuff. Okay. All right. And, of course, Chrononauts ought to be really... I think that's really going to be turn out to be a big one. Yeah, issue-wise, the first issue is great. So, oh. second print issues have a Back to the Future uh, style cover. So, uh, contact your local remake. retailer. Yeah, boom, 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 Mike with the star. Curtis, books to watch. Why aren't we going in a circle? And tell them GFY while you're there. That's right. <laughs> uh, it doesn't up, stand like doesn't stand for what you think it stands for. Pick up eight. Uh, we're on issue two. It goes to eight, surprisingly. Right from Dark Horse. But that, if I'm, I'm guessing, if you like Chrononauts, eight's going to be up there with it. Yeah, I th- yeah, I would think so. At least for the first two issues. Yeah. It's not exactly the same thing, but it's got similar, similar things to it. Right. And the art's awesome too. It's Raphael Albuquerque, who's great. Who, incidentally, created that Batgirl cover. Yeah, the the, the one that's been uh, pulled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like Ross said, Damien Son of Batman should be. Yeah. Something to check out. Uh, keep on invincible. Uh, do, 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 do. I think that's it. That's my favorite. Do, 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 do. Yep. It's not really a book, Ross. Oh, it's more like upgrading your sword or scoring a new level, which would explain a lot. Okay. Scoring a new sword. If you have any questions, contact your local retailer. About <laughs> scoring a new sword? No, some swords. Rob, books to watch, go. Upgrading your level? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, don't, we don't sell that either, unfortunately. No, I do. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, the Mortal Kombat comic has been fantastic. I don't know how long they're going to keep doing that, but uh, keep an eye out for that one. They're going to do another cross with uh, Mega Man, Sonic, and I think Capcom. And Cap, all of Capcom and Sega. Yeah. Fighter and Beautiful Joe and Knights and yeah, all so kinds of crazy nonsense. Should, should be pretty out of control when that comes in. Um, Skull Kickers just started again, so hopefully that'll be... This is going to be his last arc, too. Wow, so yeah, that's sad. He had a but finite end to it, and I think this is the last arc. Skull Kickers is fantastic, mm-hmm. so... Um, other than that, it's just kind of keep an eye out and see what Marvel's going to do with all this crazy change arounds. And to see what comes of the Convergence titles. See what yeah. Because I know you know they're playing. They're going to see how how that uh, is received. Yeah. They might bring some of those titles into the fold. Who knows? Well, I mean, it'll be neat to see what they're going to do after Convergence. Because, you know, as much as it's kind of doom and gloom right now, that was the same way I felt about the 52, and it's been... Pretty darn good. So. That Justice League book, there's another one. I'm really enjoying Justice League. Yeah. That's a good book. That's about to hit the Dark Side War, which will be crazy. Right? It should be awesome. Uh, books to watch, I, you know, I'd say Chrononauts. Um, it's because I like it a lot. Um, Revival, still really good. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with Old Man Logan. The the Secret Wars one. Just interested to see what they'll do. So I'd say watch for that. Mm. The what is it? Uh, Batman 
with Nightfall. This the yeah the Nightfall book from DC during Convergence, the Batman Convergence title. Isn't that what's called? It's called I'm Nightfall. Not sure. I, you know what I'm talking about? I didn't. Really it's got the John Paul Valley on the front of it with the Batman universe. Anyway, it's the Nightfall book from Convergence. Um, the last episode we were we'd gone through the news a little bit and uh, talked about how the Batman uniform that was the robot with the bunny ears kind of made a bunch of us mad. Now, I've had ideas since then, and it, this might have nothing to do with anything, and I really hope this is the truth. But we haven't seen John Paul Valley in the New 52. And the last time we knew about him was prior to New 52, and he was dead. We had a different Azrael. And since it's a different guy in the Bat uniform, I have a feeling it might be John Paul Valley. And if that was the case, I'd be kind of cool, okay with that. So it'll be interesting to see what that really winds up being in the Batman series. But if it winds up being John Paul in the robot suit, it makes perfect sense. Anyway, or would um, Bruce be? You know, that's a good question. I don't exactly know what he'd be doing. I guess it depends on what they do to him in the Nightfall Convergence book. Making doilies? Uh, you know, I don't think so, but at the same time... If Maybe he, he's out back riding a pony. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he gets to the point... Maybe this is a med suit. And he gets to the point where he's been beat up so much that he's got to have this med suit. But he's not supposed to be. It's not supposed to be him in the suit. Like stuff we've heard since then, it's not supposed to be him in the suit. Yeah, yeah they've, been, they've been saying it's a new Batman. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah, that's probably true. But if it's Jean Paul Valley, that'd be kind of cool. What would Batman be doing at that point? I don't know. Good question. But you don't know where in time this takes place either. No, that's a good question too. <laughs> that's all. That's all fluid at this point. Ooh. Hey, yeah. Fluid time. That's what I like. Good job. All right, um, that's pretty much all I got for, for books at this point. They're new or old or whatever. Um, Ross, anything else? That's it. Rob, you want to talk about Mortal Kombat? Oh, no, I always want to talk about Mortal Kombat. Should we do that now? Okay. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Taki? Taki? Later. Taki? Taki. Hmm? Go buy a Shetland pony. Taki! <laughs> 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 you know, go to Miami Vice is out of here, you sons of bitches. Remix that. That's why I look like I have a butt for a nose. <laughs> <laughs>